Hey, 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 what's up? You already know what time it is. It's your girl, Oatmeal Brown, and I'm out the box, per usual, third season, ready to put it down, as I always do. You know I got a very special guest because all my guests are special, and they always bring that what? That melanin magic. Ooh, it's about to be sparkling today that news you can use and that information that will spark your brain. So without further ado, I'm gonna go ahead on and introduce to you my special guest. She's an associate professor in ethnic studies at Sac State. Sac, you know, director of Cooper Woodson College Enhancement Program, the founder of Drea Moore LLC, uh, her brand focuses on ethnic history and sociocultural production, which offers educational and cultural creation, consulting for academic and media institutions. And y'all probably be like, what is all that? She black. She, <laughs> she, <laughs> and she do all things educational and hypey to get you the information that you need. So welcome, <laughs> Dr. Andrea L. Moore. Woo! Or should I say, yeah? <laughs> hey, cousin, how you doing? Cousin, what's up? <laughs> what's up? My cousin, y'all. That part. That part. Yes, I'm so happy to be here, you know, be a part of the Out of the Box family. It's my first time. I'm really excited about our conversation today. So let's, you know, I'm ready to get started whenever you are, Kevin. Listen, you know, we always start to chop it up with a little bit of what's going on in the world right now. Um, and then we go into the topic of discussion. Now, with me and you, you know, we could talk for hours, but that's not what we're going to do today. You know what I'm saying? But we go just, you know, chop it up a little bit about some things that are very important that's going on and just, you know, get, enlighten the world on some perspectives outside of ourselves, you know, something that they may not ever, you know, experience, know about, and hopefully will enlighten somebody and, you know, expand their brain a little bit, you know, on different views and how they see things. So, um, I'm going to go ahead and ask you this question because the salt and pepper movie came out last night. Now, you know, me and you were salt and pepper back in the day. <laughs> and, you know, we was, I can't remember who was who. I don't know. We probably wrapped both parts. Or, All the parts. All the parts, you know? And, uh, so we really didn't care about salt, pepper, and spin being separate we, we received them as a group, right? Absolutely. So did you watch the movie? No, I have not watched the movie. <laughs> um, I will say that I watched a clip of The Breakfast Club. It's probably on IG where they're asking Salt, at least mm -hmm. the question I saw where they're asking Salt, what's the situation with Spin not being included um, in terms of having direction, consultation, or, you know, being a part of the project, period, where there is a character that represents her. It's a, this marginal character, but she wasn't on set from production beginning to end. She was excluded from that. And she gave this very problematic answer where she said, you know, from the beginning, we already had a DJ. 
And she kind of came a part of something, a, a, our group that was already together. And so, you know, people may not know that over time and over years, you know, basically all this stuff about how, you know, Finn is not a, an original member. She was added to a situation. And so because she wasn't the original member, she was added to a situation that she don't really rock with her like that. Or they don't really rock with her, which I thought was some straight bullshit. So <laughs> sorry, listeners. I really did. I felt like that was so disrespectful. And honestly, it seems like Salt is the, the main person that has an issue with spin and it kind of spills over to Peppa. If, if you think about it, I, from what I see from their dynamics, because Spinderella, first of all, has broken historical records. She's yes. one of the reasons why so many young girls want to be DJs to this day. Right. And so to talk about women empowerment and independent women and be a part, this is such a part of your brand that it's a direct counter narrative to me. And I just feel like that's hella shady and it's foul. And it does make me second guess if I would even watch the show or not, because they hurt Spin by doing that. And they continuously, in fact, they just pay, keep stabbing the same wound over and over again because they always have done her like this. Whether they're doing a Las Vegas show, they don't tell her what really what's going on. She don't get paid the decent amount of money she should get paid. They always do her like that. And I just feel like that is, um, it's a counter message. And it really is, as a fan of Salt and Pepper, it's offensive and it does have me giving them the side eye once again, once again on this and how they treat Spinderella. And, you know, I am very uh, much so in agreement with you. You know, I don't know what the behind the scenes deals were or what have you. I know, you know, later on in life, once we got older and we looked at the first Salt and Pepper um, album cover or whatever it was, cassette tape, there was a different chick. I understand that. You know what I'm saying? But they did not become the Salt and Pepper that they are today with that DJ. Spinderella's not a fella, but a girl DJ. Okay? It was Salt, Pepper, and Spin. No matter who the first spin was, no matter who was the original part of the group y'all was besties, y'all was uh, working at one of the department stores together, Herbie Lovebug came along, or whoever was cool with him. I don't know exact all the exacts, but some of the pieces, you know, we weren't there, but some of the pieces that they told, I understand that. But they became icons with the three of them. So it doesn't matter even if Spin's name ain't on it, it says S&P and a little girl's mind and the fans that grew to love them, Spinderella was in the vision. Regardless if she ain't on the marquee, we expect to see Spinderella because that is what made it an entire group. So that is very cocky, very uh, your super, I'm superior, you're inferior, you're beneath me type of attitude. Yeah, yeah. You know? And that's, that is wrong. And you know, within anything, there is politics. We all know, we all are wrapped up in politics in some way. And I ain't talking about government politics, but politics in the industry or the job or right, right, whatever right. it is, we all wrapped up in that, okay? Yeah. We don't want to, but we are wrapped up in politics in some form or fashion. So, yeah. If the management or if they wasn't standing tall, you know, talking about, no, if we got an interview or if we got a show, it needs to be salt, pepper and spin because we became successful together. 
But that's how you know that salt and and pepper did not push that line. Mm-hmm. They were okay, like you said, with them getting the clout. They were mm-hmm. okay with them being able to be out there in the front. But they left their sister. They left their right. sister. And, 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 and to me, if there's going to be a conflict with creative direction, um, to me, that's, again, a power play. So we over here, we can't agree because you won't agree with me. And so because you won't agree with me, you're going to be pushed all the way out. Mm-hmm. But I saw, I heard someone say that, you know, spin out at herself out of the out of the situation mm-hmm. i can understand that you do that sometimes when you know people can't really see or come to a conclusion because i'm sure there were several times that she wasn't invited or wasn't there but they grown now y'all done passed the stage of y'all had a 10-year run okay and she was there and she was included whether she was paid less or not she started she was rapping on some of the songs we loved all three of them, the fans who paid to come see you, who bought the records. We like salt and pepper, but that included spin. And if you had y'all all tight by yourself, but you was a movement all together. Come on. No, that's real talk. It gets into the group dynamics, which we could talk about, but as well as like you were saying, the 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 the, the politics behind the scene and the dollars behind the scene. If you were if the fans have been following Spin has voiced this. <clears throat> she's mm-hmm. talked about how she's felt like a third wheel, how she's been ostracized out of the group to not feel included in the group and how they always kind of treat her like a stepchild, if you will. And so if she did out, it could be because you expected her to accept some foul stuff. You right. expected her to accept some BS. Like if the, if y'all getting 100 racks off the contract and y'all telling her she can get 20, yeah, she gonna probably say, I'm a, I'm a respectfully decline. Right. You're not you're not treating her as as an equitable partner. And right. that's the issue that she has been saying this whole entire time is that she's never been treated or not never. But she oftentimes is not treated as an equitable partner. They always kind of make it seem like what she does doesn't add equal value to the group, you know, in some okay. particular way, which, again, is diminishing towards what she represents. And when you think about group politics, are you trying to tell us that when Destiny Child broke up and they had to get new members that if they make a Destiny Child movie, they gonna leave out Michelle. <laughs> right. <laughs> they might leave out Fair. I mean, because they weren't there that long. You know what I'm saying? That's why they gonna still include them. They just right. won't be in the whole movie. Right. You know. And and the, but the thing about it is that they they became stars, like stars, with the original members. Period. And we will never forget those original members because they became noticeable on a national scale with those original members. So we'll always love them. So mm-hmm. no matter what the when the Ooh. when they broke up Ooh. and the scandal and all that stuff start coming out, we still like the other ones. Business wise, they had to try to get some more members to to put put in their place, and then they went through a little rough patch. All right. And then Michelle came and fit. She said, I'm going to take the position. And she played her part. You know what I mean? But we loved her, but we still kind of like chuckled a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Because, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? You know, but hey, if they needed me, I would have been right there. How I'm supposed to sing it? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. What dance moves I got to learn? 
And what what I'm noticing these biopics, they're in. We we have a hard time latching on to the lifetime biopics because they feel a little inauthentic because right. people don't want to tell the full story, even if it's not a lifetime biopic. Speaking of Dr. Dre, you know, with his particular biographical representation in um in the movie that they came out with, Straight Out of Compton, he left out the allegations of him being a woman beater, mm-hmm. right? And so we don't like to tell the ugly parts of our stories, right? The ugly parts of our histories. And so to me, if y'all are not gonna talk about the tension with Spin and how you guys didn't wanna include her and at least tell your story on why that's not, then it's still gonna feel like an incomplete and potentially not an authentic representation of the salt and pepper story. Right, and they're getting, I heard they're getting a lot of backlash from it. You know, and because, yeah, the fans, let the fans tell you that we love Salt and Pepper with Spin. And even if you didn't have her on the, her name separately on the marquee, when we saw Salt and Pepper, we was expecting to see Spinderella. The one that y'all blew up with. Yeah. The one that a lot of little girls, including myself, was Mm -hmm. inspired to be a DJ from. Mm -hmm. And she's always been my favorite Mm -hmm. DJ. Exactly. I her as an adult, you know, and um, I remember, you know, even her parts in certain songs, Everybody Get Up. I was like, oh, you know what I mean? So, and and then of course she was in What a Man and she started rapping with them. We know, we remember because we're true supporters and fans of y'all three together. Mm-hmm. And y'all didn't blow up with the one that you chose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, but all that you got your after the fact. It was already a platform and da-da-da-da-da. So that's the one we saw you blew up with. That's we didn't know her. I can't tell you that woman's name. I can't right. tell you nothing. I know Spinderella. Uh, we know Didi Roper. We know Didi Roper. That's okay. who we know. And guess what, Didi? You know like we know. You know even better. Girl, they can't take your shine. They, they can't change your history. They cannot change the fact that you actually broke records in the DJ world that still to this day she holds certain records that nothing but can let me tell you let me tell you this and then we're gonna wrap that up and get into okay. the topic of discussion okay spinderella had the back spin on xm radio and that shit was the bomb diggity Did y'all you hear my hand yes that, exactly. was one of my, that was my favorite station. I don't know if Sirius or XM or whatever you call it. <laughs> Satellite radio. radio. Yes. Whatever her station used to be on. Yes. That was the shit. They can't take, they can't, if anything, this is just going to bless her even more. And it's just really showing to me the ugliness of, of how, how some people work with each other. And, and, and they, there's some intimidation factor with Spinderella. Ugliness, when it comes- Greed. Um, I'm not trying to see your part. I'm above you. You're beneath. And it's like, they, if they can't see that. Now, if she was behind the scenes doing some shenanigans or something that we don't know about. Because, again, we're only we're only looking at the surface. So, I, don't, I ain't no gossip colonists, none of that stuff. But, I don't want to blame nobody to be something that they're not. If that's true, tell it in the biopic picture. <laughs> if that's part of it, don't just completely, you know. But if she... if. Are you talking about the right one, salt or pepper? I'm talking about salt. Salt is the one that... I thought salt was the lighter complected one. That is who I'm talking about. Paul said that? That is... So, when, so I watched their reality... Not, not the one... Not, 
I'm, I'm, see, that sounds like something Peppa would say. No, when I watched the reality show, it was like, to me, Peppa would be, would be more willing. I don't know the, the behind the scenes. I don't know if Salt is more vocal and, Pe and Peppa feels the same way when it comes to this. But even when that reality show came out and they were supposed to go do their residency in Vegas, it was a lot of politics and a lot of tension behind. Should she be a part of it? Are we bringing her to rehearsals? Like, what's the whole production? And so it was always, at least at that time, Peppa seemed to be more flexible to bring her in. But if Salt, Salt was very vocal, like, it's a no for me, then Peppa was going along with it. Wow. So that means they both, so we see both. That means you've heard both of the sisters downplay the, the contribution of spin. Wow. See, now those are facts. If it came, it, I mean, truth from out of their mouth because I didn't see it but you saw it and if we can go back and people could go back and find the clips and hear mm -hmm. it say it mm -hmm. I guess it's there and when it's there I mean, what can you do yeah it can also read Cinderella's version again because she she's the reason why I knew she wasn't included because she took to her social media and talked about it mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. wow wow that's it's a sad situation and then we see what happens behind the scenes sometimes with you know people that we grow to love and even our contribution in you know them being successful because we pay to come see them or we pay for their music we rap their songs we you know we were influenced by their presence of their time from hair to spandex Asymmetric hairstyles, bamboo wow. earrings, all exactly. the things. Leather jackets. The 90s. Uh, biker shorts. Right yeah. They were doing that right now. Yeah. Yep. They were doing it. And we loved, and I still enjoy the music to this day. You mm -hmm. know, I still know some of the verses. And, and it started back mm -hmm. in the sixth grade. So, right. you know, it's uh, hurtful that um, we have to see this and hear this. But I really hope and pray that they will just come on, come on, sisters. You know what I'm saying? Release yeah, that. Let that go. Release that. I took your. I will take your man to. I take your spin. That's what I'm saying now. <laughs> Release that. Release that, baby. Because we like all of y'all together. Yes, y'all. Y'all was rhyming. Y'all was cool by y'all self, but you was a movement. A movement with spin, just like she's she's dope by herself. But you guys are moving together. Cause you remember when you know Candy and Escape, like we've seen these things before. But they were Candy was able to allow forgiveness in her heart, and they went on tour, and everybody was like, yes, and they killed it. And they had a reality TV show. They came back and they did that, and they are all cool right now. You know what? Love. You just touched on something. That could be where some of the tension is at because Spin can go do a gig without them. Mm -hmm. And so she probably was able to make a whole lot of money mm -hmm. at, Spin at some point in her career without them. And in order for them to be they full, we looking for Spin. Yeah, we, look, we are looking for Spin because Spin is how we saw and who we grew to love in that group. That's didn't have to bring salt and pepper with her to be a DJ. This is she true. You have to have salt and pepper <laughs> in the back spin. No, she don't. You so know. maybe it was some issues because she was able to collect some coins. I don't know. I don't know, but they should be better than that. They should. I mean, we're we're judging from the outside or putting our own perspective on it because we want to see them all loving and together. But that's us.
you know, we don't know what is really going on behind the scenes. But your fans, we would love to see all three of y'all together. And, but they're showing us that healing still needs to happen. And yeah. Because, yeah. And so you're showing us that you guys have not healed collectively. You all, you ladies, have not healed individually or collectively when it comes to the issues you had with each other. So, so it's going to be some humbling that has to happen. Yeah. You know, but hey, that's life. And these things that we see all the time play out in front of us. Yeah. You know, we should look at those as examples because we want, you know, we got to be the change we wish to see. And mm-hmm. so we get to see stuff like this. Unfortunately, you know, we don't want to see it. We would be taking lessons out of it. That's true. That's so true. let's go on into the topic of discussion because okay. that, that rolls right on into it. You know, because the topic of discussion is being educated, <laughs> hood, spiritual, and intellectual. All of the things. Okay. All, All of the things. <laughs> All of that rolled up into one and much more. And, um, you know, that's the, they're, they're a rare breed of people like that, right? Absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. And, but and tribe it, recognize tribe. Right. If right. you tribe, you recognize tribe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, people, we're going to talk about our experiences, you know, in this, in this rare, rarity tribe that we're in. Right. And, right. Um, of course, education definitely matters. You know, you want to be educated. Book smarts is cool to be. Like, yes, read books. Read things <laughs> that is going to help you learn something, spark your brain, you know, help your um, pronunciation. Attention span. Huh? Attention span. Books attention. help us with our attention span, which right yes. now we're all dealing with a deficit. Come on. Um, it just, it helps to enlighten you on so many, in so many different areas that you may not even recognize or understand. So, you know, most kids that, uh, just really quickly, most kids, when they start to read early on, when they read early on, those kids usually turn out to be, uh, great spokespersons, <laughs> hosts, um, their communication skills yeah. are, are, I mean, they're usually, you know, back in the day, the late class was the class that was, you know, kind of extra gifted or smart. Although mm-hmm. you, you wanted to leave and go home early with the early class, but no, because you was in late class because you could read and you wasn't afraid to stand up and read. And you had to wait for, you had to wait for yeah. the other kids that really couldn't read to, you know, and that this is just real. This is how they had mm-hmm. that setup is. We all know that. Mm-hmm. The gifted and talented. Right. And they- so, um, we see what reading can do for you. You know, it can, you, you need to always continue to read and educate, even if you're self-educating. Absolutely. Malcolm X taught himself how to read while he was incarcerated. Well, I'm not going to say taught himself, but he proved his reading, or reading the dictionary word for word. That was something he did on the regular. He read the dictionary. Exactly. And so, you know, uh, it's important. It's important. I had a was talking to somebody really uh, the other day, and we were talking about hip hop and talking about you know um, different hip hop artists, different lyricists, different MCs. And I brought up Jay Z. I said, well, you know, Jay Z 
you know, was said to go into the booth and not have anything written down. Okay, Jay-Z is a billionaire now, all right? And he has expanded himself on so many different levels and he has grown and has sit at so many different tables. So, yeah, he had to educate himself to be that way. Those words that he was coming up with, he didn't just, like, make those words up. He had to know what words to come up with. And they had to come from somewhere. So, obviously, he was reading. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> and he I didn't had, know he was going to say he couldn't read you know and he had to learn how to read later but then later he learned he studied he, he, right. he worked on it now, but yes well, he's a good storyteller you know he's he has a good play on words so when you're when you're that type of lyricist yeah you got to be able to enunciate pronounce and tell your story and have the right words to use. If yeah. you're not reading and don't know what certain words mean, you your your lyrical content is gonna speak that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come yeah. on now. So we know, I'm, I'm just saying we have we're we're definitely in a generation of mumble rap today, and that's part of what you're saying is that we we having a hard time hearing what you're saying and understanding and then comprehending. Yes, it's the genre and they're doing very well, but it's an ad-lib genre if you ask me, but the mumble rap came from exactly what you're talking about. We have generation of young folks, especially us, that when they took phonics, phonetic, you know, learning the phonetic basis of, basis of learning how to read, many of our young people didn't know how to spell, you know, as well as they would probably like to, which means it's going to impact them when it comes to reading. They may not feel as connected to reading, let alone writing, but the ideas are in their head. And so what we're seeing right now to me is a wave of people who were taught how to read without the phonetic background included in that. And so those vowels and those sound, those those sounds sometimes missing when they write their lyrics out. And then when they, even their subject matter, what they're talking about is like, why do we feel like the the content has 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 dumbed us down? Yeah, and, and you know, in a tremendous way, you know, Jay Z's a clever rapper. He made you think, right? You had to put the you had to try to put the puzzle together a little bit, but now it's just kind of like you handed it to us on a platter, and then what are we talking about? It's hard for some of us to get in line with because it feels like there's no substance, and I right. think it has a lot to do with what you're talking about when it came to reading and the ideas came from reading imagination comes from reading etc etc right and and just expanding your mindset you know and uh being just because you're educated doesn't mean that you know everything that just means you know when you're when you're book smart you just book smart yeah but you got some people that are hood. We're going to roll into hood. Absolutely. And educated. Right. Street smart. Street smart. Street that smart. common sense. Common sense. And that comes from being in that environment. Yeah. And when you're from that environment, that does not mean that you're going to have bullet holes and stab wounds. No. It does not mean that you are a certain type of, uh, have a certain type of look or characteristic. No. But 
why do people perceive that? Why yes. would you say, I'm from the hood, they think, oh, oh so you hard? No, I don't want to be hard, but I know how to survive. And I know- <laughs> no, that's and that's exactly what it is. It's I've been taught how to make sure that I can get around, which essentially, you know, I can get from A to Z, and but I can take care of myself, which essentially is I know how to survive. And that's the thing, you know, growing up in Davis, or not growing up in Davis, but moving my family to Davis at one point in time, I was able to see that very clearly. Like, you, ha- they have the, re- the community had the resources, they had the finances, they had the educational resources, they had the finances, but my kids don't know how to catch a bus. My kids don't know how to catch a bus from their house to the school. Like, what is going on? You know, we were walking to the store, you know, getting what we needed from the store, which meant that we had to use math. We had to use our our, our common sense and know how to, you know, pay attention and watch your back, watch your front, who's around. <laughs> you know, we had safety measures put in place. We looking out for the but kids don't know how to catch a bus. They can't even get from A to Z. I said, oh, no, y'all going to have to go to the bay and I'm going to have to make y'all catch the bus and catch the bar. Y'all got to go to the city. <laughs> but I'm not going with you because how is it that people younger than you know how to go to the store and get some bread and whatever they mama need from the store to come in for dinner, but y'all don't even know how to do this. some basic stuff? Right. So absolutely survival skills that you need. Right. We, can't, we can't leave but that out. Can't leave it out. You know, watching your back knowing how to do things manually and you know it's uh being able to get out of situations of being you know like bullies have always been around and for us nah i wish i wish i would be scared of a social media bully are you serious life skills they don't they're not getting some of those basic fundamental life skills right there's always been bullies there's always been bullies you know bullies have they they've always been around it's always been chick that you know was the part of the clique that was jumping people you know what i'm saying there's always been everybody in the hood now there's project ish and then there's ghetto like every that we know it's different because if you lived in the hood, you know you didn't live in the projects. You know what I'm saying? If you lived in, in the ghetto, you was in the ghetto. You was not in the hood. Like all that stuff is separate. Okay. For me, for me because how the cha- the terms are used interchangeably: ghetto, hood, ratchet. I had to find a way to just let everyone clearly know: yes, I'm from the hood. Yes, I'm the ghetto raised me. Yes, you can call me ratchet because I am all those things that you said. But I'm actually proud of them. I don't use it as a as a way to look down upon another because, like you said, that's where I got my life skills from. <laughs> right. That's what taught me how to make a dollar out of fifteen cents. Okay. That's what gave me the inertia, the grit to finish school. You know. So I cannot, you know, put down one over the other. I can't, I I just can't do it. Right. And I I, I never, I'm not above it. I'm not trying to be, I'm not above it. I wear it like a a badge of honor because Mm -hmm. everything that's me, I wear like a badge of honor. Right. You know, and um, the hood, you know, is where you can get some of the best food in my Come on. Come in on. my opinion, you go find the best tacos, the best fish, the best fried chicken, the best barbecue. You know, seems like no matter where you go, you got to be on the right side of town to drive to get to the hood side so you can get the good stuff. Right? 
you know, as far as those things are concerned. And so, you know, I just, I just noticed that if you say you're from the hood and you look a certain way, certain people will be like, you're not. Because they, they correlate being from the hood with being hard, fighting, um, you know what I'm saying? Like this, yeah. this sauna that they put with it. I'm like, no, nah, I wasn't always like that. Like, I know a lot of pretty girls from the hood. You know what I'm saying? I know a lot of people that made it out. I'm one of them. Period. So, um, yes, I ran at parties. Yes, the guns was right in front of me. Yes, if they would have been shooting, I might not be here today. If they were shooting when I was running in front of them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, so we have been exposed. We know we we grew up around, you know, some of our childhood friends in the neighborhood or whatever that got killed. If they was banging or banging. you know in the wrong place at the wrong time or got in a fight and won and then somebody came back and killed them. You know what I'm saying? Like You're we wrong. Been, and O's. I'm from the hood though. Right. <laughs> You know, they might have been trapped. We didn't, they, did they call it the trap back in the day? I don't know what they call it. What kind yeah, of house? Trap. Uh, whatever they call it, you know. But we know all those types of people. Yeah. We saw them, might have walked past their house, might have been up in there a couple of times. You know what I'm saying? Unfortunately, unfortunately, we were part of the 80s, so we grew up very much in the crack era. And right. if happen to be in proximity, you're going to have at least one or two family members who were crack addicts. Mm-hmm. So, again, but depending on your neighborhood, depending on your environment, you know what crack smells like. You've been in a crack house before. Yeah. You're yeah. a crack house. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and amongst other things, too, you know, guns or whatever. And so, we have to, people got to think outside the box in which they don't, they allow certain stereotypes to, you know, um, I don't know, influence their mental and what they see and what they think they see instead of what actually is, you know? Yes, I wore British nights. I wear some today. Somebody, where they at? I buy, I wear some British nights. And what did BKs also stand for? <laughs> I mean, again, like, like, like that's what you're saying. We live in such a judgmental society right now. Right. Like, I feel like the judgment has just turned on five thousand because it's, we're looking for one little thing to try and discredit you, one little thing to knock you. What we just painting each other with these broad brushstrokes, as they like to say. So one little thing, so so I can say, oh, see, you ain't all that. <laughs> Right. You know, but yeah, like I say, I'll, I'll find me some Deodoras or some troops. I'll wear a trooper down, triple down goose jacket. Yes. Yo, baby, yo, t shirt. What are you well, saying? I'll wear it right now. I'll wear yeah. it over Gucci, Louis, Prada, all of that. You know, because I still love, you know, the hip hop era and those different trends and things that we're in when yeah. we were growing up, right? smack dead in the middle of it right and you know and, and, and i don't let stuff define me but i like some of that stuff so it's not defining me i just like it yeah because that that's that's a part of it's a part of who i am you and know people have a, 
created those things and, you know, because of capitalism found ways to, you know, make so much money off of that and won't keep it a buck and say where they got those ideas from, you mm. know, and where they got that from. Cause we got the three for 10 at the liquor store t-shirt, but you can also now buy a two, a t-shirt that costs $150, $250, all because of that basic look of <coughs> white blue jeans and tennis shoes. And right. so because that basic look alone now you got five hundred dollar jeans thousand dollar jeans like come on let's you know keep it real that came from us what they like to call urban gear or street attire you know right. the tennis shoes all of that and now y'all have basically commercialized it via hip-hop and it's a multi-million dollar industry uh-huh. so, right so let's front where that stuff came from exactly right. we come from where it came from mm-hmm. and it was and you know Back then, yeah, MCM, and there was still Louis, and there was still Gucci and stuff. Right. But um, you know, and we just you could still get it living in the hood. It's like they still get it now. I had a Louis <laughs> duffel bag because you know back in the day, you know somebody you knew some somebody be like, who going to China? Somebody such as going to China. You know what I'm saying? Hey, hey we get a Louis bag. We get some Louis the bag. Lady. He's gonna be selling her purses. It was a purse lady. People would go to her house. He got the whole whoop block. Man, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know this stuff been going down. It's been going on, you know. Yeah. But uh, you know, just hood doesn't have to be. To me, it's not a, a bad connotation. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be. There were some bad things that did happen, and yes, right. you want to get out of there if you can. But there yeah. was some a lot of great things, a lot of things built, a lot of things, a lot of foundation for a lot of people. Absolutely, it's there. Yeah, absolutely. So a lot of doctors, a lot of lawyers, a lot of everything has come out. Entrepreneurs, teachers, principals, professors, you know, accountants, all that oh, has come mm-hmm. out of the hood. So we yep. need to stop with the shenanigans of mm-hmm. the stereotypes of that. If you say you're from the hood, it's got you got to have bullet holes and stab wounds and a gang of come tattoos. On. And stuff. Come on, it's private schools in the hood. Come on. So, yes, but yeah, I, we do understand when you leave it, cause yeah, yeah, you 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 wanna you will want to give back to it. Mm-hmm. Of course, I don't I don't mind giving back to it, but I also know some of the other things that go down where you might not want to necessarily live there. You know what I'm saying? If you have uh, matured in your mindset, you know what I'm saying? Cause there's some people there that may not like you or may be jealous or may, you know, have you stereotypes. You know what I'm saying? And for many of us, it's, it's like you said at the beginning, it's a survival thing. Your, mm-hmm. your, your, the probability of you getting killed is much higher, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Yes. Unfortunately, the probability of your life, you know, and, and, and what we learned growing up is that you, you know, day to day, you're you trying to survive. You don't really get to thrive. You don't really get to live sometimes. Right. So it's not, it does, it, it does feel like it's not a desired place to be. But we know that we desperately still need so many folks to not give up on those neighborhoods, those communities, those, those young people. But it is, but it does feel like it's a carrot that's constantly being dangled in your face to keep you out of the environment that you came that you grew up in because they're gonna make the the places outside of that community and then your dollars they're gonna dangle that in front of your head, right? But in mm-hmm. particular having a son, 
um, my husband grew up in Richmond, you know, having to constantly look over your shoulder, that that became an issue. That became a psychological issue. You know, that creates a level of trauma that doesn't, like I said, you don't feel like you're able to fully, fully, fully find out who you are and what you're supposed to be on life, you know, on this earth and what you're supposed to do. So it, it's difficult for people to remain living there as much as they might want to still live near their grandmama and near their mama. Their life oftentimes is what keeps them from being able to live. Like you want to live is what keeps them away from being able to live, continue to live in those neighborhoods. It's like a risk that you're going to take. Yeah, because somebody going to always be like, oh, you think you this or that or whatever, you know, and they'll take your life and, yeah. and not think twice about it, no matter how much Target. you're giving back or put in. So, Absolutely. you know, it's a lot of people that silently do it. You know what I mean? Because they don't want, you know, they may have a, a, a somebody else representing them on the surface, but it's really black owned or whatever, because because of the negative factor of your your own community being against you. So yeah. Mr. Fab was at the store, his store, Dope Era, and um, he has a blue Maserati, if I'm not mistaken, and the windows were let down. Somebody broke the back window, but the windows were rolled down. So if you wanted to rob his car or take something out of the car, you could have just literally opened the door because the window right. was halfway rolled down. But no, you didn't want to necessarily take something out of the car. You wanted to hurt him. Yeah, and you wanted to damage his vehicle. Mm -hmm. So you wanted to try to hit him in his pockets in a particular way. But, you know, to him, that's small shit to a giant at the end of the day. But it was just like, really, though? You're going to break the whole window in the back. When his window's down in front, you could have just stuck your hand in the window and opened the door. Nah, you trying to leave. You could have just, they probably could have just drove by and threw a brick. But just to to prove a point, right? To let him, he still got the haters out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that is why, you know, most people that get out, you know, we still love it. We might drive, might visit, but you're not trying to live there because of those type of things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't take away from our foundation. Yeah. It so a lot of those things that, you know, happen when we grew up, it's going to still be in us. Yeah. And it's okay. It's yeah. okay. You're not less than. You're not greater than. You right. ain't trying to prove no point. It just is what it is. Yeah, and it makes it very hard for people who want to remain connected to their neighborhood, to their hood, to the ghetto. They want to keep their ghetto path. But but then the more you have, like Tupac was saying, you be kind, it feels so isolating, right? So he want to move into a neighborhood that he can afford, but he don't know nobody there, <laughs> right? And that neighborhood mm-hmm. don't even want him there to begin with. Right. Then where he from, they they hating on him so much <laughs> that it's just like it's it's a, it's a battle. It's a struggle. Where do you go? You feel it's a very lonely lifestyle. It's a very isolating lifestyle to find mm-hmm. who you can trust. Your circle is just smaller and smaller and smaller. Yeah, but you want to give back. You want to show love. Hopefully, you know, so you can help some that may want to be helped with trying to be the savior of it. You really can't. No. You can't. No. At all. Never going to be enough. Expectation versus appreciation. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And again, a lot of people give back in their way, but silently be based on, you know, certain traumatic and real life experience that it is what it is. Right. 
then we gonna roll into spirituality and being spiritual. Come on. And uh, shoot. We, How that has changed. We are spiritual beings at the beginning mm-hmm. and the end of the day. Yeah. All the rest of this is surface. I mean, you know, it's an illusion, right? In, in many regards. And I think that constantly, there's a constant evolution when you talk about spirituality because everybody has been um, brought up to think about these words or these terms, like you're saying, in a certain way, like the same thing with hood or ghetto, whatever their automatic association is. And, you know, where I've come to realize that, and this will sound weird to people, right? Mm -hmm. I am a spiritual being who chose to have a human experience. And in this human experience, I have some cycles to break. I have a mission or I have missions. I have a purpose. Mm And I have to first learn what those purposes are and then I have to complete the mission so then I can transcend to the next level. And it's directly connected to what my grandmama was doing, my grandma was doing, my mama, my grandma, my grandma's grandmama was doing and how I'm carrying some of that. When we say generational trauma, uh-huh. we carry that. And it shows up, especially us as women, it's going to show up in our body. Our, you know, whether we have an assist fibroids, thyroid issues, all of this stuff is going to show up in our body. And oftentimes it could be some stuff that you immediately brought into your life, but it could be some, some genetic inherited stuff that you have that's coming over. And now it's a part of your life because what you have learned, part of your mission is, is to not repeat some decisions and choices that the women that you come from that line, it's time for you to do something different. And I feel like right now we are definitely in a spiritual revolution or evolution phase. Uh-huh. Our whole, everybody is. It's a global shift. Uh-huh. But my, when I say the spiritual understanding is an, a, a lifetime evolution because I was brought into this from a religious standpoint. Right. I was, yeah, I was taught about, you know, in, in Baptist specifically, right? Yeah. So I, introduced through Baptist a, a Baptist doctrine with the Holy Bible and then that went from Kojic holiness all of all the different <laughs> you know of that right and all these different churches in my and learning that you Catholic you a Jehovah Witness you going to the nation of Islam you going to the masjid um you know you practicing the philosophy of Buddha and I'm coming here and I'm learning about all of these different things but I was told you know that Jesus is the only way Uh white Jesus said that Uh white Jesus is the only way and then to be taught that that was a colonized religion the way in which many of us have been taught brought over specifically my lineage and where we're coming from going into the south out of Africa primarily Nigeria Uh coming into the south that was a colonized religion yes Christianity was practiced in the region of Africa before colonization. But when it came here, the interpretation of Christianity was that you're cursed because of your skin, the curse of man, and that we are slaves and we meant to be slaves for life, which told us we supposed to be submissive. And the moment that religion told us that we are supposed to be submissive human beings, it it fucked us up in many ways. Like it really has messed us up so much so that we out here talking about I need to like, you know, provide some self-care for myself and I need to love on myself. But then you have this other message that tells you, 
put everybody else before you. Humble yourself, be, you know, for your loved ones. Well, where do I find my, how, where do, where is my freedom if I'm being submissive to those who are not treating me right? And I need to be on my self-love, self-care. Where, like there, that, those are two mixed messages because it was connected to this idea that you need to be a submissive person. You need to submit. But that submission is 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 really what I've understand is submit to the fact that you come something creates you. You come from a higher source, from a higher entity, wherever whatever folks want to call it. Um, the most high, if they want to call it an infinite power source, if they want to call it God, Allah, Jehovah, you're still acknowledging that something is bigger than yourself. And because religion has been used to divide the people in terms of the social organization of religion, if you look in one spiritual text, I don't care if it's the Bible, I don't care if it's the Quran, I don't care if what it is, man human beings decided to create the rules and the laws and their interpretation of what was written in these spiritual texts and then tell folks that if you don't do this, you're going to hell. If you don't do this. this (laughs) Right. But but when you take on a spiritual understanding, then you realize that you are responsible for how you treat yourself, how you treat other people. And there is a universal, there are universal laws. Right. That there's a balance there. It's, it, that that is that's what it is. Period. And they're actually more similar than they are different. But organized religion has definitely been used as a form of number one social control, and to keep us divided. And so much so that the ancient practices that people are beginning to we awaken to, we were told that they're evil and that they're demonic. But mm-hmm. that was again to keep us away from learning a part of our consciousness that we should be in touch with. To me. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. And you know how they twisted it to in in the form of yes, we God is love. All right. And yes, we are supposed to love one another and be there for one another and work together and love your fellow man, you know, as your neighbor. Yes, those things are true. Mm-hmm. Not be a slave to, not be manipulated. Right. You know, not be used and abused. No, yes. that those are different things. And people will, you know, use certain stuff in the wrong context. Weaponize it. Right. And, you know, there are scriptures that are true, you know. Mm-hmm. And when you have a God-filled heart, that means that because God is good. All right. All the the higher being. He's good. All the time. We're not always good in our thoughts and how we see things. So therefore, you got to remove how you see something and put that love in that hole. Man. So then we can be like, oh, you know what I'm saying? We can experience the supernatural in the strength. Right. So we can have that connection and relationship. You you personally Right. That's the connect. Yes. Not you're singing in the choir. That's cool that you want to sing praises of the Lord, but that's not going to get you to the level of spiritual growth that He needs you to. Absolutely. Okay. It's that really may be really you can sing good. That's a gift. Since, yes. That's you know, right. expressing. Performing in church and doing all these good deeds, even good deeds in the in the community, because mm-hmm. you have. A, a, a hateful heart and still do good deeds. God, God, it's your heart that He's looking at. I don't care what you show the rest of the world. 
That green heart chakra work. Okay. And, and a lot of the times, the people that you are accusing of being a certain way, you're reflecting your insecurities off on them. Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I, I could go. Well, that's real. Forward. But, you know, it's all about, you know, we are spiritual beings. Everyone, everyone. Your environment is mirroring an aspect of yourself, whether it's who you used to be, who you, who you don't want to be no more or who you strive to be, or you have absolutely no interest in that. And if that's the case, you definitely need to remove yourself. But yo, every person to me is mirroring something back about myself back to me Uh in an area that I need to grow in more of or remove myself from, but it's always connected to growth because we are connected. And as much as they have all these isms that keep us separate, right. we have umbilical cords, right? Well, yeah. belly buttons, if you will, right? Mm-hmm. So that is our, our life source that's going to keep us connected to a human. And we're living in times right now that they want us to become desensitized to our human selves. Right. So that you know, kids after the age of six, they don't even really play with toys anymore. They just play, with the t- they turning us into robots. Artificial intelligence is, is seeping in at every crevice that you can absolutely think of. And we are signing up for it. Remember before, I want the car that got the GPS, um, you know, what we call OnStar, the right. navigational system. You know, now we got it in our phones. It's everywhere. It's, you know, I want the, the big booty and the lip injections. All of this artificiality is like there. It's, it's moving us away from, like you were saying, connecting with ourselves because that's right. really is the beginning of your connection with anybody else. Is are you able to sit in your own body? Are you at peace with just you? Right. The authenticity you- of you, like me. You know, us as spiritual beings, baby, we love the water and the mountains and the sun. And when if God gives us the opportunity to go live on the beach or by the ocean, we doing it and we'll be happy with a sarong holding a papaya and 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 you know what I'm saying? The elements. Right. And can live the elements. We with the elements. It. Right. Can live in it every day and love it. Yeah. You know? That's yeah. why I love traveling there. And they're like, but it's closed. I mean, the, ain't nothing else open. No, that's open. That's all I need. You yeah. know, because we are the life of the party. I, I We've never been um, the type to, like, hey, it's not like I ain't like trends. Like, I like certain trends. Don't but get you're me not wrong. a bandwagoner. Right. But we don't bandwagon. We not mm-hmm. um, the group thinkers like that. We, we are amongst ourselves in this element of you know, spirituality and being in tune with ourselves and who we are. Mm-hmm. But as far as because y'all saying this is tight, nah, that ain't tight. Like I like my eyebrows. I know they be messed up sometimes. But the thing is, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They know how I was growing up, and I had an insecurity about them because I had thick ass eyebrows that connected. But now everybody wants thick eyebrows. Yeah. Now they drawing them on and getting the painted on and stuff. I yes. just, sometimes they, they mess me up at the Indian place. Sometimes mm-hmm. they mess me up because they be trying to get them perfect. One is different than the other. You got to go in the and let them know that. You know what I mean? And, 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 My baby toe over here, it grow up. It don't grow out. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, somebody had to put me on here recently. Get the gel stuff. Because <laughs> the gel is going to shape. I was like, oh, I ain't know nothing about that. Cause I'm not putting those those no extra darkness on it. 
because mm-hmm. they think I'm a I'm a look to me for me of what I want to keep authentic. That's not going to give me that look. Yeah, I hear you. You know, like I don't mind lashes. And- but you ain't never lie, cousin. We definitely living in a time period where if you think that um, cosmetic surgery is not good, people gonna look at you like something wrong with you. <laughs> <laughs> That if you're not into doing don't say physical alterations, they're going to think you're the one that's not up with the times or that you old-fashioned and you this and that. Nah, you don't You don't realize they are removing your humanness from you. Mm-hmm. And we're, I'm not on a stage. Like, you know, the City Girls got a song to my day a job. You know, she ain't got a job. She is a job. That for you, yes, baby. Yeah, you gotta do what you gotta do. What you signed up for—that's your politics. That's yeah. not—that's not everybody else's politics. That's your politics. I hear you. I still listen to some of your songs or whatever. I'm not against you. I get that's your lane. You know what I mean? But, but you're still selling that to us in an album. This is still a creative project. So this is still not you saying your regular name and you talking about your regular lifestyle. You're talking about your image associated with your career, which you're an entertainer or if, I don't know if you call yourself entertainer, but if you call yourself a rap character. Yeah. So that you, so again, we, we ain't even, uh, grown-ups, we ain't even buying all of that. Cardi B was singing Wet Wop, and her daughter worked, walked in. She hurried up and had to turn that off. <laughs> you know, because people don't realize that, yes, this is an image. and But right. we like, buying into it because rap is so much about authenticity as well, right? right. You know, and we listen, man, I know some little Kim, little Kim verses to this day. Come on. And you put it on, we go to a, you know, a, a, a type of joint that we like to go to and they play all the music of our times growing up or whatever. We're going to rap all those words. But I never wanted to be little Kim. <laughs> you just going to take it that far. <laughs> yeah, like, nah, I didn't want to wear those kind of wigs. No, I wasn't trying to swallow and have babies in my stomach or whatever some certain thing she was saying in a certain song. I was not going to bang that many dudes. I wasn't going to bang them for car keys at double digits and none you of that. Put your P lips on the on the page. Like <laughs> <laughs> what Boosie said. You wasn't you weren't trying to do all of that. No, no, because I was still me. But <laughs> to the music and we was like, she raw. Her lyric. Oh my God, look how she coming with these lyrics. Oh, she was cold. I don't care who helped her write them or she wrote them or myself or whatever. She was in her own lane and nobody else sound like that. They didn't look like her. She was jamming. We still, you know, we rolled for her and she paved the way and opened up a lane for a lot of, you know, the people that we see now. Absolutely. She was definitely a template and she talked a lot about sexual liberation and she gave women permission to not feel like they're they're not as worthy because they like to admit that they enjoy being sexual. Right. Yes. You know, and her level of storytelling on it. I wouldn't do anybody doing all of that. You know what I'm saying? But it it was some chicks out in the world doing that. But that's not, you know, everyone. I mean, you know, some chicks was doing that and they was because they really lived that lifestyle. Yes. Yes. Lived it, you know, and they didn't mind being hoes or whatever they was. You know, we have learned those things are temporary. They're not permanent. Right. right? They're not fixed. They're temporary parts of your life. And over time, 
you won't, you're going to evolve. You're going to change. You're going to be, you know, it's not who you are forever, but when you're young, it feels like it's so fixed. It feels like this is who I am forever because you can do all those things. It's not going to keep you in a relationship. No. It's not going to keep you going back. It, it might give you money, but like you said, it's not going to go all the way back to self. It's not going to have you feeling at peace and at one authentically with yourself. You're going to still have to do that shadow work. You're still going to have to do all of the things that you will have to do in order to heal yourself as a human. Because going back to the religion and the spiritual thing, Pastor Keon was talking about today, how people weaponize, like you were saying, they weaponize religion in the doctrine of religion and, you know, and judge other people with it. But he was like, so many of us, you know, we're quick to do that without taking into consideration that it's not always the devil, right? Uh It's not always the devil that's out here or the enemy. It's that people are broken. Yes. And so instead of judging them, you should try to figure out how can you cover them in prayer because there so many of us are broken. And we around here just so broken and we're hurting this, our loved ones from a brokenness inside of us. And so then it makes us hard to hard for us to have compassion for them or them to even have it for us. If they over here talking about they the devil, they being the enemy and they ain't nothing but the devil instead of really realizing, no, they're broken. So where's, what's the root of their brokenness? Mm-hmm. But people got to recognize that they are broken. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so, and, and then being able to get down to the root of things, you know, people always want to brush stuff under the rug, brush it under the rug, brush it under the rug. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm not a rug brusher. Yeah. We want to stack it away, smoke it away, drink it away, work it away. We want to do everything but deal with it. Right. You know, and dealing with it is how you're going to heal. Yeah. You know, but hurt people hurt people. Right. And they have to recognize that they're hurt. And when I'm saying broken to the to the out of the box audience, I don't think human beings are physically broken. What I think is that our hearts are broken. Yeah. So that's that's what I'm saying, that we are heartbroken. And what do we need to go back to what you said, cousin, to go back and heal that heart? We got to do things to go back and heal that heart. Yeah. We all have war wounds. Mm-hmm. Nobody, I don't care who they are, how much money they got, what kind of status, what kind of titles or whatever. Everybody has war wounds. Everybody yeah. got them. Because mm-hmm. that's part of human experience. Yeah. Most people have trauma, traumatic experiences. Some people relate. Some people don't. That's a whole other thing. Everybody's weaponizing trauma. Everything is trauma now. When some things could just be, no, you were bullied and you know you gave it too much power it's not trauma like trauma is when your physical you have a physical reaction in your body when you are in a situation and that is that is a trigger for you trauma we think anxiety is trauma you know like oh my god i have so much i'm just like i see young college students because they have been given a language and not just them but other people they abuse this word trauma they abuse the word anxiety. There's uh-huh. something, and I'm not the psychologist, but I know for sure that there's a label in terms for good anxiety, meaning that you need that level of um, energy flowing through your body because that's what's going to help you, you know, study for the test, push through the test or whatever the case may be. We, there's good trauma, I mean, good anxiety and bad anxiety, but we are weaponizing these terms. And I feel like, like you were saying, we're debilitating ourselves. We're making ourselves... Um, 
and I don't want to say weaker in this sense, but in our human sense, we are weakening ourselves to think that we are not supposed to be able to handle certain stuff Mm -hmm. in order to make it to the next level because everything is not... So because you felt anxiety, that means you shouldn't have to do it no more? Right. Nah. Nah, you got to figure out how you're going to push through. How you going to push through the moment? And what kind of, what is this? What is the root of this anxiety? So what is it? Is it because you didn't study? And so because you didn't study, of course, you feeling stressed out. And of course, you feeling anxiety. Right. But if you did study and you still got this feeling of anxiety, it's not going to be the same. Right, Um, right. But I feel like we're weaponizing these terms, and um, unfortunately, oftentimes misusing them in in ways that actually don't mean like you you haven't necessarily had a traumatic experience unless physiologically you're having a reaction in your body and in your mind in that moment, and not one that says, "Oh, I just want to quit," but one that you can't control. Right. Yeah. No, that's the and people are people mangle everything you know what i mean they mangle everything and so like um i did a podcast that's coming out soon and we're talking about uh it's called church girls okay church girls right mm-hmm. and you know church uh, you know church these days don't mean that the church is in you or god is in you just because you go to church just, girl just and, and then because you go to church that you're supposed to be holier than thou and perfect and free of flaws because all that is incorrect. Absolutely. You know? And so like, you know, we grew up in church. We grew up in, you know, like you said, Baptist and, you know, under that doctrine and people like me and you was like, this, this white Jesus ain't it. You know what I'm saying? Like we knew because it didn't match with the other stuff that was in there. You know, because we were brought up, you know, I was brought up to research everything. So I always researched everything. It in, innately something ain't right, right? Right inside of you, like, I just can't take this pill and swallow it because. Yeah. And I used to say stuff. You know, <laughs> I've always been vocal. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. I can't remember if you ever saw me get in trouble, you know, by my parents or whatever. But because I'd be like, y'all be cussing and shit, you know, then you're going to go in there and teach Sunday school. Like, that does not make no sense. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was like, nah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. You know, this, this ain't matching up. You know, are we hypocrites? Man. What's, what's popping Man. off right here? That's where the church gets it the hardest right now because you made up this fairy tale of what a true Christian looks like instead wow. of that. Oh, because I cuss that diminished. Well, that's why they got these. You know, Tyler Perry said it best. I'm a cussing, fussing Christian. You know, like <laughs> because I'm holier than thou is not authentic. It's not genuine. It's not real. And that's why so many people can't attach themselves to the to the to the religion because you made it seem like you got to be perfect. You can't do this. You can't do that. Otherwise, you're not really walking with God. Yeah, that's not true. That's called supremacy. And that's where, you know, we people that's in it got to really be honest and be like this. We're trying to be, but we'll never be perfect, you know, but we're not going to put ourselves in a situation where we're manipulating people and then be trying to, you know, oh, Lord, but you manipulated people and stealing their money. No, that ain't it. We're talking about your 
you know, stuff that maybe you get home and you hit the bottle. You know what I'm saying? Man, why are we going in the parking lot and then cussing each other out trying to find parking? Because something <laughs> us hasn't been healed. Not because we the devils, but because right. we're doing that work that's going to heal some of these issues, them, our anger issues. Why are we so mad, you know? Right. Not there. But I think we have a generation of uh, counselors of colors, and specifically in the black community, we have a wave of young folks who now are counselors and psychologists and therapists. Uh-huh. So they're able to give a, the generation a language to say things of like, oh, um, emotional intelligence, right? We didn't have like a lot of emotional intelligence in our everyday curriculum in school, but now they have that in my son's school. They have whole emotional intelligence components and they call it social emotional learning because if a, a kid is not allowed to articulate their feelings in the moment or express themselves, it does something to them as adults. Mm-hmm. I know I just switched lanes real quick and drove somewhere else, but it does. It, it is all connected to like, shut up, be quiet. You better stop crying right now. There weren't a lot. We weren't allowed to, you know, emotionally express ourselves and then put words to what we're feeling. Mm-hmm. All says, I'm mad. I'm this and that, but you was told to shut up, be quiet, suck it up. But nobody's asking you, how does that feel in your body? So when you say you mad, like what you mad about? Talk to me about, let's break this down. Nobody gave each other space. We didn't have the luxury. We didn't have the privilege of that secondary emotion in the moment. But as we come to grow and evolve, in some ways, collectively, we got more money, right? But individually, we still didn't get a chance to work on the whole person. We were right. just working on money parts and education part, but not really the emotional intelligent part, you know? And I think now we have so many counselors and psychologists and therapists of color. They're giving us a language to articulate this multi-generational lack that we have not had the privilege of or luxury of dealing with. Yeah, and we had to want to do it. We right. had to do it. We got to want to do That's the inner true. work because if you don't do the inner work, you're going to perpetuate generational stuff. And you know me and you ain't about that life. You know what I'm saying? We ain't about mm-hmm. that life. You know, I'm about love for real, for real. Yeah. You for know, and, yeah. and we still get projections, you know what I'm saying? And perceptions placed on us, you know, because we, we chose to, you know, go outside of the box of what had already was before us. Right. You Whatever know, the dominant norms of society told girls who look like you, girls who look like me, girls who have the experiences that you have, women who have the experiences you have, we ain't that. You, right. You, you can't size me up just by looking at me. Yeah, it ain't gonna work. It ain't gonna work. You know, yeah, we're both in sororities, right? Yeah. And, you know, right now in the world, sororities is about to be Already, they already started to be like highlighted on a different level because of uh, Kamala as is, an is AKA, and she went to an HBCU. I'm on. Right? Yeah. And so um, there's already, you know, have always been projections and perceptions because there have been members of our organizations that were not representing correctly or mm-hmm. enjoying these organizations for their personal gain or yep. to make yep. them feel better or to be a part yep. of something. But that, ain't, but that ain't all of us, baby. That is not all of us. No, it's not. Sorority, you're less than smart. Right. You know, <laughs> or you needed to belong to something. What yeah. if they wanted us? You know yeah. what I'm saying? Period. <laughs> for, for the components that we bring to it. 
mm-hmm. because of the character and the uh, integrity and how they see we rolled and how we rocked and rolled because mm-hmm. it, it it shown it showed leadership. Representation matters on every level. Right. And so that is what, you know, I feel like us, uh, our, our organization should really step to the podium and speak that because negativity always outshines the positivity. And we do kind of roll, you know, uh, under the radar, but it's for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. It's a cultural aspect of the divine nine. Right. Yeah. You know, so, and people have, you know, I'm sure people have come into encounters with people that weren't so nice, but that's just in anything. You may have to come into an encounter at church Mm -hmm. uh, that was supposed to connect you to your spiritual being that deterred you away from church because they wasn't right. You know what I'm saying? Right. And that's why, again, you can't do it for the people. If you go to church for the pastor, you're going to be disappointed when you find out that pastor might cuss at his wife. Right. Or for the usher or whatever. You might might be like, back, back. You know what I'm saying? Like, you you really not being godly. You know what I'm saying? Yes, they're human beings. When people found out Martin Luther King cheated on Coretta and that he smoked cigarettes, they was just like, ah! <laughs> But that didn't mean that he wasn't for the organization and liberation of injustice, y'all. Like, right. But again, he's a flawed human. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Come on with it. Yes. But he was not doing anything to manipulate humans. He wasn't trying to degrade them. He was for, you know, humanity. Mm-hmm. He wasn't taking advantage of people. He smoked cigarettes and he, you know, got a little something on the side, you know, and that stuff like that happened. We not, I'm not making up an excuses for it. We can't. You know, we can't. We all something that we do. We all right. have, we're going to have something until we leave this earth. And we're not, I'm not giving uh, an excuse for it because we should all be working on whatever it is that we're flawed, but we're always going to be flawed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, you know, uh, going to touch on spirituality, you know, before we go into the intellectual part, which we already been touching on that because this is a very intellectual conversation about all (laughs) of So, you know, spiritual, spiritual wise, is the the and God and having that relationship with Him is the most important thing. So you know, I did the song "God Is the Plug" and tap in. I'm not I telling that into me at all, man. I just I just use myself as a vessel because I know for myself. Yes, ma'am. And that's that on that. And I've been saying tap in before Sweetie was saying it. I was saying yeah. tap in. Right way back tap into God because that's your source. Absolutely. Everything else is a resource. Yeah. Your resources all the time ain't going to be what you think they are, especially when you tap into God. And it was a good metaphor. Right. You got to charge your phone every day in order for it to have battery life. Right. You go on 20 and 30%, you charging your phone to that source. Exactly. In order for you, a human that came from the most high, you're going to have to charge, you're going to have to tap into that source and get your recharge as well. Come on. (laughs) Your recharge, your answers, all your, the your guided steps. You know, mm-hmm. when it's mm-hmm. time to move around, when it's time to slow down, when it's time to to, to transform and evolve, mm-hmm. that all comes from you and your relationship and your connection. And now you tapping into killing the ego because I think that's also 
where we we struggling with right now as a collective people, the ego versus the soul. The ego always wants to be centered. I don't care if you end up getting on your spiritual. Then the ego is like, and I'm the guru. <laughs> you know, like the, the ego going to show up and be front and center in anything that you want to do because the ego is the shallow part of your identity that just, that's like that spoiled little child that didn't uh-huh. get a lot of attention. And the ego wants to be fed, but it only feeds off of itself. Right. But your soul, that's a whole nother thing. Uh, somebody asked me many, many years ago, you know, like, what what does your soul smell like? Uh-huh. Because people look a certain way on the outside, but inside they're so decayed. Yes. And the ego is what's driving them. They uh-huh. want they want money so they can buy the nice things because then somehow that's going to make them feel better about themselves. They feel like it's going to somehow increase their net worth, but it it doesn't increase your soul net worth. It doesn't change how it it makes you like a more loving person to those around you. When we out here chasing the wrong things, we chasing the bag, right? And thinking because we got the bag, that this is an indication of success. And we all have different definitions of what success is, but I'm all about what cannot be what cannot be changed by a conversation. Mm-hmm. Religious beliefs can be changed by a conversation, but you can't change the sun from coming out. You can't change the moon from being there. You can't extend, you can't change fire. You know, you can't change air. So right. these things to me, I connect, like you were saying, to nature. I connect God to nature. Things that God created, I know how I know God is real is because I look at nature. Man cannot change the sun and the moon and the air and the fire. You can't. Right. But so many of us live in this time period where our guys is capitalism and our ego is just so, it's our flesh. It's just like parasitic. Our flesh, our ego wants to be fed all day, every day, all day, every day. Because then, then we feel good about ourselves. We've made a difference. Yeah, but you know, us that have traveled down certain paths and had certain experiences, we are like, okay, we try to find the balance because yes, yes, I want to live a life abundantly. You right. Know what I mean? I, but I got to tap into what God has for me or what he's going to have for me. He's got to get me ready for it. He's got to get you ready for it. You know? Yeah. Manifestation. I believe in that as well, but we all can get wrapped up sometime because we're not free from getting wrapped up and sidetracked on certain things, you know, because it's always coming. It's always coming at you. But then what do you think keeps people? What do you think keeps you in, in, in people like you, grounded in that way with that, um, with that constant you know reality um well I have to become in alignment and I know when I'm off alignment and even there's maybe some people that you may be thinking that you should be connected with spiritually and those people because they're you know go to church or sing in the choir or whatever it is they can pray the world down and all this stuff and they very may well you know, you may get too wrapped up in doing stuff with them and then miss your mark of what you got to do. Because that happens. I've seen it happen in the church. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's happened personally in someone. Mm-hmm. And then God had to show me like, no, 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 yeah. no, 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 no. So he had to show me that, you know, what's most important is your relationship with me above your family. You know what I'm saying? Above your, your, your job. 
Let's pause right there because the family one is a hard one. I don't think, I don't think people really understand. And again, this is for people who believe in God, right? <laughs> um, that people really understand what you just said, cousin. That that I have to come before everybody, which means you have you have to constantly be in a position willing to walk away from everything and everybody if if I'm not in, on that side. Hello. And that's not easy to do. No, I know. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because you, when you are spiritually in tune, everybody want to talk about energy. You know, you got to know if you're the negative energy, you got to know what your triggers are. You got to know if you've been in environments where the energy was right and then you go in an environment where it's not and you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And is is that and you're the one that's in tune and you're aligned and where you at ain't what what it is. You your peace and your alignment is more important than all that other shenanigans. Ooh, and cognitive dissonance will have you, you know, like I just wrote a poem about this on my IG the other day, um, being vulnerable and transparent because I need to, you know, do that in order for me to be strong and more authentically myself. Correct. And cognitive dissonance. Peanut, I know you got your bathroom. Hold on. I'm sorry. Sorry, Dan. Sorry, audience. <laughs> uh, cognitive dissonance really? will have you, especially if you a powerful person, will have you believing what you see or what you want to see or what you want it to be so hard that you think is the truth. And so then we have tricked ourselves instead of, you know, when we say it is what it is. Uh-huh. It really is what it is, not what it could be, not what it was, not what it's going to be, but what it is. Uh-huh. And we don't sit with what it is. We want to potential if I just sit and plan this and manifest this, no, it is what it is. Like today in this moment, that's that's what it is. Right, right. Can you handle that without trying to morph it and change it? And can you accept that without wanting it to be something else? Can you accept it as what it is? Mm-hmm. Yes, for sure. You yes. know, and we have we we are those ones that have to do that. You know, it's hard. Few in between. We talked at the beginning of this whole thing. We far and few in between. The road less traveled. It's a very lonely and isolating space sometimes to exist in. Oh yeah, but yeah, if uh, you're not alone, you might be lonely sometimes, but you're not alone. This tribe is here, and we here to lift each other up because we understand that walk. Exactly, for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Hey, I'm always, I'm all for everybody need to get in touch with their spiritual selves because it's your spiritual that's going to connect you to what how your soul is going to be. You can't mm-hmm. bypass that. And you can't buy it. You can't purchase it. Nope. Cannot. You can't buy time. When people say time is money and money is time. No, it's not because you can't buy time. There's no amount of money in the world that I have that's going to give, that's going to allow me to pay and get an extra hour in the 24. But time is money. How? My time is money. No time. Your time is right. Is worth but, but, money. but money can't buy time. So when I do something for someone, you know what I'm saying? That is worth 
being paid for. Yes. You're going to treat me as if I'm getting paid for that because it's right. time. You know what I'm saying? Because so, your time is valuable. Hey, there you go. Time is valuable and people value money. So that's why. I exactly. But we can't buy another minute. We can't buy another hour. Not at all. Come <laughs> on, intellectually high fee. You feel me? Yes. Ooh, okay. What? Okay. That don't work. <laughs> the verses slapped. I was very disappointed in Keisha Cole. <laughs> don't do that to your cousin. No, I love Keisha Cole. But I know you're going to be a month and 20 minutes late. Matter of fact, a month before you <laughs> and then really come with an attitude and then be passive aggressive to us talking about, I, I apologize. That's <laughs> not, not an apology. Like your actions, that's a verb. So you got to show me with action. But I was very. You know what because, you know, you know, we're like Keisha, cousin, Keisha Cole is our cousin, you know, but for, for real, you know, like we could sit down and have a conversation with Keisha, you know what I'm saying? Click and, and have a good old time. But we yes. would not have a problem with saying, dog, you saying that your show, your feelings is on your shoulder. All right. I saw you needing to get warmed up. I, I peeped game. Yeah. We I saw didn't know that. what it was. And, you know, yeah. I was talking. I was like, give give her some grace. Give her some grace. Give her some, give grace. Her some grace. But keep it a blunt, Keisha. Keep right. it a blunt. If your hair and makeup still needs to be finished, let them finish that on the set. We would have appreciated them doing your makeup and getting your hair and you singing. If the camera was blurry, we would have blamed you. We would have blamed it to people who were supposed to make sure it wasn't blurry. Right. You. But you can't. We we, you. Right. <laughs> but again, how we would do things, we can't expect Keisha right. to do them. You know what I'm saying? Because Keisha is Keisha. And so right. I still, I'm always right. I'm a ride for. I'm still team Keisha. Right. I know. Well, you still Keisha. And, and, and she. It, it did come off passive aggressive. It did come off like, you know, what she could have did. Yeah, you right. You right. She did yeah. do it. And hopefully it will be a lesson. Maybe later on, may not, she may not see it right now, you know. But, you know, that's that's her life. We want what's best for her. You know what I'm saying? Because we ride right. for her as fans, as Northern California girls, or, you know, yes, whatever, exactly. you know, we ride for our people from up North and for the best. Absolutely, all day. And I know all she day. has she has her standard of excellence and how she wants to represent herself. But I'm just saying, Keisha, like, it was, it's for the fans. So yes. we love you. Like, we, 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 sometimes some of us perfectionists, and, and I'm calling myself out, and when I say this as well, we get so caught up in the image of what we're trying to project that we sabotage the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. But, you know, we still riling. You know, I ride for all West Side till, till I die. I love everybody. Don't get me wrong. Hey. You know, everybody from hey. all over, wherever. If you're talented and I feel you and you you jamming, I don't care if you mainstream or if I just get put on to you and you pass me your CD or whatever it is. I'm a ride for you if I like oh. it and you're talented all day. But West Side, I it's ride different. for the whole state of California, the state they love to hate. Come all on. Day. Come on. Here, what you what you singing, what you on, what you rapping, whatever. I got you. West Side is the best side. West Side, West Coast, popping the most, West Side, oh. Best Side, all that. You know, but we from up north, so yeah, you know. We we gonna try to push you know some of the home teams and surrounding close you know pers- uh, proximities in an area, but exactly. it's all west side. 
for sure. But yeah, I seen it. P game. It is. It's over. We love you, KC. I'm. I, I got all your albums. I bump all of them. All of them. Okay. All day. of them. To this day. To this day. Like I'm not gonna lie. Just yesterday, I was like, Alexa, play Keisha Cole. <laughs> When I need to sing my little soul out and get in touch with it, I'm going to sing me some Keisha Cole. All day. And All we day. love you, Keisha. Like, if you're watching, if you're listening, we love you. We just, people just need to know that just who you are is enough. Mm-hmm. Who you are is enough. Yeah. If she rolled up, I mean, she looks good, period, point blank. Mm-hmm. If she would have rolled up with a cup. You know what I'm saying? It, it was sipping on some and and had a red wig on or whatever. And then you know what I'm saying with with a Pendleton on. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and some locs. We were like, get it. Yes. Get it. Yeah, we just wanted you. And we wanted you for the time <laughs> that we were supposed to get you. You know, no. not for a she short nice. What she had on, she looked like a queen. All that, boo, all that. But yeah. she became like whatever, and and we're not gonna act like Ashanti was on time. That's what we're not gonna no, do. She wasn't. She because wasn't on time. Also late. If Swiss had put in the comments, I'm not gonna lie. This is hella disrespectful. They both were late. Mm-hmm. If late consists of not being on camera, then they both were late. Where she was 45 minutes and Keisha was an extra hour on that. They both needed to rethink how they, you know, what was more important to them at that time. Just like with the with the wedding, you you more focused on your wedding or this marriage. <laughs> Which one is it gonna be? Right, and I noticed when you know Keisha would sing sometimes, and Ashanti be on the phone or doing something in the back or or whatever. And I noticed when when Ashanti was singing, uh, Keisha was well engaged in, in, in ad libbing and trying to. You know, yeah. so you know there were some things that you know definitely on both sides was noticeable, but there was things noticeable in in all of the verses. That's, right. That's why we love the verses. That's why we love the verses, right? You know, because a genuine, authentic look into these artists that we love so much, right? Patty and Gladys, this was hella funny. Oh my god, <laughs> that was that was so it was so lovely though. That was so lovely. Short and and forty forty was they was both tipsy. They was you know what I'm saying. But they kept my going. I, was, I was tired because they kept going with the hits because you, I was, you was tired, cousin. I was yeah. from redoing my bathroom, so I was so happy that I had good company. Jill and Erica, even them, right? And you you felt the little feminine queendom tension, and they had right. to calm that through and work through that. You know, definitely with Monica and Brandy. Oh man. <laughs> Come on, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Man, that needs a Gucci. That needs a too. Like, if every level brings a new one, so I'm excited about Tony and Mary. Oh wow! Oh lord! Oh lord! You know what I'm saying? Tony and Mary. That's gonna be very different, and you know, uh. That's all I got to say. <laughs> I love Mary. Like, Mary, I, shoot. You know, we love Mary too. We had Man, to, I'm team Mary. I wore my hat to the back. I used to try to oh, let okay. me my hair that brown from the You Remind Me video. Man. I had a white, green outfit with Come the on. boots. What are you saying? 
Come, Come on. on. To this day. <laughs> to this day. To this day. I done been to, Erica is the most concerts I've been to. Under that is Mary. Wow. Starting back from the 11th grade. Wow. I only seen them both once. Oh. And I only seen them both once in 2019. Can you believe that? Wow. Wow. Yeah. We got to get you up to speed. Hopefully when we get get back rolling and stuff, you know, we got to go ahead and hit some of them concerts. We got to get back in. I got to definitely get back into into concerts. Um, but, But both of them... Tony Braxton and Mary J. Blige are definitely legends in the game. And I know that for them, it's also not going to be about a competition. For them, not it's going to be about love. And I love to hear the stories connected to the song and what the song, how the song was birthed. Like, that's my favorite part when they talk about that. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's cool. You know, people was tripping off of uh, Brandy because she had a little notepad and stuff. And she was, they come on, get no, see Brandy, see what Brandy was doing. Brandy was like, this is because of, and then I want to say a poem. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but that's Brandy, right? They That little girl, they always like, she can't be that happy. She was always looked at as you ain't that happy you ain't smiling all the time but nobody could really fully accept her for just being her neither mm-hmm. and and the thing about that collectively and we'll wrap it up is all of them got war wounds everybody got war wounds some people went bankrupt some people got taken yeah. advantage of some yeah. people have had marriages yeah. some people had you know bad boyfriends or scandal or situations exactly yeah or you know independent and you know maybe people wasn't very receptive but you were super successful anyway like you know what i mean and that's the beauty in it like they look damn good like all of them right and they managed to get through those darkest moments of their life and still be out here shining and still like appreciate what it is they had to offer and they stand in what they gave us because you said all of them have been through so much. Right. Yeah. Still be here today. Right. Ashanti has accolades. Yes, she does. But when they start playing her songs, yeah, I was jamming. Oh, baby. Yeah, because those was the cuts back in 2000. Those was the jams. Features. But yes. (laughs) She had the bomb feature songs. Like, she had the right. bomb feature songs and Ja Rules and her mm-hmm. and her and whoever or whatever. Those was the cuts. Her first album had about five jams on it. Yeah, they played all of them on the radio. We grew to learn and love it because that was her time. That yeah. was her time. Absolutely. You know, Chico had more, you know, like them Mary cuts, like them B-side cuts. Like we listening to all of Keisha Cole out. We might skip over one, two songs or whatever. Right. Right. But the majority of all of her first five albums, I don't know how many she got. Yeah, she was a little married for us. Exactly. Exactly. And we was roll rocking to the mm-hmm. B-sides and all that. Mm-hmm. And I love that she talked about some of those B-side songs. Mm-hmm. That was some of her first jams or whatever. We rocked and roll. We knew. I know those. Yeah. yeah we jamming. Screaming it. Yelling it. Come on now. We knew that she was in Keek the Sneak video. You know what I'm saying? Like, we know those things. We know. I think. So... Yes, yes, yes. Know the connection with her and the Wiggins and yeah. all that, you know? And Keisha, you know, Keisha was, she gave the world her soul. Like, Keisha showed us her worst and good parts of her family in ways that 
you know, people still judge her for it to this day. You know, you know, she's showing us Frankie and she's showing us some hardcore truth about family life. When you choose your family members, you know, you just find a way to love the ones that you with, you know. That dysfunctional part. Yeah. Even my daddy used to watch that. Oh, yeah, because it was real deal. Like, that was one of the best reality TV shows for me. Yeah. From artist, for sure. We are attracted to authenticity. Right. As humans, we, because we live in such a superficial world that we just, we are desperately thirsty. We starving and we thirsty for truth. Thirst, thirsty for authenticity. Yeah. So when sure. it's real, recognize real all day. Just all like day. recognize tribe. For sure. You know, hood, hood, spiritual and intellectual. Right. And yeah. educated. All that all rolled up into one. So, you know, out the box, that's what that's about. Like, when you aren't out the box, we talk about out the box, you're really out the box because people be trying to put you in the box that you're not going to ever fit in. Ever. And we're not trying to pull. We're not cold switching. Cold switching is like when you're at work or we got to have a business meeting and, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever type of vibe it is or whatever it is you need to do, you got to do to get that that deal. Right. to, to, to do that presentation. Or and I know many of y'all too tired to code switch. And and I you know what? I'ma say so stop. <laughs> I'm a I'm a I wanna give you permission and I wanna encourage you to stop code switching because fantasy is in our girls Lauren Hill word. Fantasy is what they want, but reality is what we need. Right. That's it. You know, and and in a, a situation where people really authentically, you know, want something that you have and they're going to pay for it, they're going to want what you, you authentically can give. Exactly. Exactly. But, but, you know, unfortunately, we live in a world that is very stereotypical Mm -hmm. and they put you in a box. But don't be afraid to be outside of it if that's who you are. Right. And that's that. And so, you know, we all have to, to... to grow and understand that. You know what I'm saying? Bring the authentic us. Even if people be like, that ain't authentic. Yes, it is, fool. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is it. Like, these pieces of me is it. Yes. But at the end of the day, a lot of stuff is just accessories. Right. And it may not be authentic to you and your personality, (laughs) but it is authentic to me. Right. again, we have a hard time with well, I wouldn't do that if I was you. I didn't ask you that. I said, would the haircut look good on me? <laughs> you know, but we have a hard time right. taking our ego out of everything because right. it wants to be centered. It wants to be centered so much. And so people, we got to do a better job, like you said, of, sure. of, 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 of looking at everybody else as what they are, who they are, what they're trying to represent. Stop judging them. Understand we are complex human beings, especially black women. We have been so programmed to think that the more we work is an indication of our worth. Right. Nah, nah. We gotta, we gotta really. That's that's different than being a Proverbs 31 woman. A Proverbs 31 woman is like a Renaissance woman. You know, knows how to have a business. She, she brings what she does to the table to her husband and her family. You know what I'm saying? She knows these, these different connections. All right. But it doesn't mean that you. she's supposed to be a slave. She ain't supposed to be tired. She's not supposed to get rest. She's not supposed to be able to reset because she's still a human being. She's not a machine. Girl, um, that whole jack of all trades, 
uh, master of none. A lot of people they don't focus on the whole the whole thing. Like we, you know, we are just told about that that jack of all trades. But I want to read to us what the rest of it says. If my phone would let me, you know, spell the words right. Um, because that last piece, I think we need to listen to, um, and we need to focus on that sometimes. Okay. The jack, the jack of all trades. Let's see. Come on, but you might want to talk until I find it. Okay, okay. You know what I'm saying? But I want to be sure they hear what you're saying. The jack of all trades, and and, and the master of none. And yeah. uh, that's that's something somebody told me that I had too many trades. And I needed to focus on uh, one thing at a time, right? Right, right. And, and so, and this, this is the thing with that. They were right and wrong because I'm in media and mass communications. So it, it was confusing because I was taught all these different things. And then I was good at several of these things. But the truth of the matter is you do have to become an expert or, you know, to, to as much as you can, because you'll never be perfect because you're always going to grow and learn. But you can be your plate can be so filled with stuff that you're not giving enough attention to one thing to get it pushing and get it moving and get it rolling. Right. Right. And so we understand that, you know, if you're spread too thin, that you're not being able to provide quality to anything. Mm-hmm. But, but going back to the fact that out of the box, right? Oh, you got to yeah. in this box. No, no, I do not. Because guess what? I'm in 20 different boxes because I can be, right? That's my business. And because those are my skill sets. And well, this whole idea of, you know, what are you going to be when you grow up? You know, one career, again, is that that's a fallacy, right? Because right. life is not a destination. It's a journey. And so you're going to always change. So what are you interested in now? It's going to evolve. And the, the full quote says, um, jack of all trades, master of none. Though oftentimes better than master of one. I'm gonna read it again. Okay. Jack of all trades, master of none. Though oftentimes better than master of one. Mm. So it's saying that yes, you are jack of all trades, and and you are really good at all of these different things. And oftentimes you are who really good at all these different things are usually a master in one of those areas. Mm-hmm. And so you are a master in multiple ones of those areas. And so again, it gets confusing to people, but it says though oftentimes better than master of one. And somebody who's like, I just mastered this one thing, but you have all of these different skill sets. But you can also be a master of that one along with knowing how to do all of these other things. And right. so we have to start telling young people, for example, what you know, what are you gonna be? Like this idea that you have to be this one thing instead of saying, what are you interested in doing right now? Because that's gonna evolve and that's gonna change. That's going to change. Right. And so even the whole idea of this is also kind of switching, but it's going back to out of the box. I'm trying to rethink education and, and be out of the box with that. We tell our young folks to graduate in a particular major so you can go get a job, you know, doing that and apply for, you know, a company or whoever doing that instead of saying getting that degree and going to work for yourself. Right. Right. Because it's always different when you get out here. We learn that. 
because we were definitely on the cuff of, you know, a changing world, you know, it, yeah. it always changes. And so when we got out here, it's like, uh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay, yeah, but it may not roll that way. And right. then this generation has the tech, the techie world on 12,000. You know what I'm saying? Not on a thousand, but on 12,000, almost yeah. a million, mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. you can become super successful off of right. the internet and make more money than us. Yes, you can. But there's, yeah. there's some pieces that you're missing. You know what I'm saying? That you need to also know in this world. So, because the money, money, money. Right. right. You can but, make more money. Right. But what we need yeah. some political, we're going to need some political leaders. We need doctors. We need lawyers. We need, you know, people in principals. We need people that have schools, you know what I'm saying, that look like you, you know, or else we ain't going nowhere. We're going to crash. And you see how. The, the pandemic did us, you know what I mean? Like they're definitely, we're going to have a generation of kids that's going to be, man, I feel bad for that. But we'll keep, we'll be able to keep on talking and talking if we get into that. And I know, I know, we're I know, have, I know. have a part two because yes. we'll have so much more to talk about, okay. but definitely hit on education, you know, your, your, your class, your socialism status, you know, your social status. Mm-hmm spirituality and it's all from an intellectual standpoint standpoint and you know without having the experience across the board we wouldn't be able to have the intellectual conversation about it right you know and so many people yes we live in a world of classism racism socialism and some people only know from their level of, where, right. of their experience and they think they can tell you about yours but they can't especially if they box you in a class whereas we can't be boxed in a class you can't just say I'm a church girl but what does that mean to you because it mean, means something different to me mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying exactly. Exactly. because I know that white Jesus don't exist and I knew that when I was young and I was reading stuff and putting it together like this ain't right you know what I'm saying Yes. And yes, we were in the hood and we did go to church. And yes, I did mm-hmm. hang out with this person, these type of people, and these type of people or whatever. So I had exposure. And then we mm-hmm. become grown and I've been around millionaires and mm-hmm. super mm-hmm. people that mm-hmm. don't even worship stuff. They got stuff, but they used to having stuff. So they got a different type of attitude. So I've been around people that are used to having things. And then when somebody they ain't used to have having things and then they put their things before you. Yes. And they want to try to come at you like you don't know. Nah, you don't know. Right. You're worshiping things. Come on. You know what I'm saying? Yes, your God is money. I've been around money. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I know what money is like. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And I would not put that over humanity. Right. I'm also not going to let the bad things in humanity drain me because I know I got to fill my cup. And then whatever the overflow is, that's where the, that's where I'm going to get back. That's the spiritual side. That's right. I, I love I love that you threw in uh, people over profits, especially during this time period. Right. You know, and it's canceling everybody for profit because it's very much a profit over people. Right. <laughs> Yeah, that's what it's about. It's about profit over people. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that, you know, you can't have nice things. You can have nice things, you know. Everybody ain't jealous of nice stuff. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) I want you to have abundance. 
you know? Mm -hmm. Don't make it where that is your measuring point over other people because then that's wrong. Right. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And, and, and so, you know, you got to understand that that's on you. That's not on them. Yeah. And coming from where we come from, you know, for various reasons, I think my biggest teacher has been death. Come on. Mine too. Exactly. So that's another reason why we're so connected Mm -hmm. spiritually in that tribe is because we know that there's been nothing in this world that's been more hurtful and heartbreaking than loved ones that has been so special to you. Like money don't mean shit. Right. When it's all said and done, what is still going to matter? Right. You know, what, what is like, yeah, you need money to survive. Money provides certain things. Yes, mm-hmm. everybody wants to be debt free. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? You want to be able to buy nice things, but I'm not defined by those things. Social constructs. So, you know, all the people that we know, family or whatever, they ain't got that type of mentality. I know. But it has been death that has been, unfortunately, death has been my greatest teacher to teach me about what is most important in life. Yes, for mm-hmm. sure. Me and you there, like a mug. I always say that, mm-hmm. you know, and every time. So, you know, my father passing away gave another perspective. We'll talk about it offline. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Real quick. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, seriously. But yeah. yes, indeed. We can go on, like I said, but we got to definitely wrap it up. Okay. So, I mean, this was, you already know. Yeah. I hope that, you know, people were enlightened from this conversation that can pull something out of it, see something in a different realm outside of their own of what they've heard or what they know. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not trying to tell people what to do. We just want somebody to spark the brain, give a different out the box perspective of things yeah. that are true and real in this world. All right. Be yeah. all of you. You right. know, be your educated self, be your hood self, be your spiritual self. Be right. your- you just got to be it all. You know, like me, yeah. I, I got to be it all at one time. I can't, I can't, I will separate depending upon where I'm at. But at the end of the day, you're going to know that I'm all of that. Absolutely. Intersectionality all day, for real. All day. A day. For <laughs> sure. All right, cousin. Well, I enjoyed you. Um, I enjoyed you as well. Tell the people where to find you um, on your, your social media handles or what have you, because y'all know she is a professor of ethnic <laughs> studies at Sac State. So she teaches, you know, these important aspects from a urban standpoint, from the things that they know from their, their you know, um, cultural standpoint. Right. From the members' meanings. You right. know? We do know. We know that Black is a color and we are really not Black. We understand that. And we, it's going to take a lot to, to transform everybody. Because we have all, or we're all connected to it in some form or fashion. We got to put it on the application. I went to an HBCU. I'm, we're in black sororities and, and mm-hmm. you know, all that stuff. But we do understand that, you know, we really not black. Right. All the things. Right. All the things. We know, we, it's, we, know, we know it's a byword. We, we, we know that. And yeah. we're all trying to, you know, figure out how we're going to get out of that. Yeah. <laughs> so here's that the thing. That we're so intertwined in, in our, our yeah. everyday being. It's a carrot, right? So again, if we can still keep being tripped up with the same bait, why change it? Yeah, right? So again, 
where you can find me at um, on, on Instagram. You can find me at intellectually hyphy uh, on my other social media handles. You can find me at Dr. Butterfly Drea, or you can find me at dream more consulting.com. For sure. Blessings. Yes, indeed. Thank you so much, Dr. Andrea L. Moore. Moore LLC. Y'all make sure you follow her on social media and, and get some of that good word and that 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 great greatness that she is putting out into the world, into the atmosphere. And I just want to thank you for being a part of this podcast today. Want to thank all the listeners of Oatmeal Brown out the box or out the box with Oatmeal Brown. However, you want to say it, put it together. Continue to listen. Thank you for your support. Share these podcasts out to all your friends and family. And and you know, guess you know this this information is here and it's free. You know, on the what you already pay for having access to. You know, your internet on your phone mm-hmm. or at home. Mm-hmm. smartphones or whatever just share it out because that's the only way uh real authentic and truth is going to get flooded out into media into the atmosphere in this world that's trying to manipulate you right real talk that's the only way it's going to get out you know mm-hmm. we we gotta we have to put the information out we have to be the change we want to see all right period so on that we out we out peace